Welcome to Comics in Christ. Once again, my name is Michael Davis. And today on Comics in Christ, I am not cheating. I'm not using a, a worship service that I did uh, at our worship center. Back to our regularly prepared, strictly for the audio podcast, Comics in Christ. And a couple of weeks ago, my family had a, a really blessed opportunity to go see the musical Town and had just a wonderful, fantastic time watching Town. And I, I'm going to try to explain it, and I need you all to know before we even get into this conversation that for me to make the point that I want to make in this in this podcast... I have to give away the re- the end of the show. <laughs> I I have to give away the end of the show. So, as I reach the point that I'm trying to make today, it will be a major spoiler. So, if you have not seen Hades Town and you plan on being able to see Hades Town, Maybe maybe put this podcast on the back burner, mark it somewhere, flag it, and go see it, and then come back and listen to this podcast. But, huge spoiler, laying it on Front Street, for me to make the point that I will be working towards for this podcast today, I have to give away the, the end of Town. So, beautiful love story. Uh, gentleman's working in a bar. He's trying to write the song. He's trying to write the song that will change the world. And within that moment, he falls in love and he makes this deep emotional connection, but it still hasn't quite found the words to his song to be able to fully express the feelings that he has. And within that time, this this other dear friend that he has fallen in love with has uh, has to make a deal there. We do things so that we can be comfortable and cared for. And we have needs that we have to meet as living, breathing souls. And this person makes a deal to have some form of security. Um, you're going to notice I don't use words or names because maybe there's some way I can preserve the mystery of the show if I don't use the words or, or names. Uh, to, so, this dear, this dear lady, the love of our hero's life, makes uh, a deal and becomes a servant, becomes a worker. And it's a worker that it, it works in a realm that you kind of lose your own anonymity from. You lose your own identity within this place. So it becomes our hero's job to go and find her, to save her. And within saving her, he has to make a deal. He has to make a deal with the main villain to to make a task. Now, here, here's where we're going to start inching into spoilers, heavy spoilers moving forward. This guy's a songwriter, and he has to use his main gift, and he has to move his gift to stir 
to to bring forth some form of emotion in the main villain. And it turns out that his inspiration for his song was a song that the main villain sang in his heart to find a connection to the true love in his life. But he wins. He makes a, a stirring emotion in the main villain, and he wins. But the main villain being the main villain and who he is can't just let him win. He has to hold face. He has to save identity. So he adds a caveat to the hero's victory. Now, this is where I have to give a, a blatant spoiler. And within giving that blatant spoiler, we can move into the point that I want to make today. So here comes the big, the big spoiler Stop listening now. Last warning. He has an opportunity to leave. He has the opportunity to take the love of his life away from this indentured servanthood. But the challenge of this is within his journey, he has to walk up front and he cannot turn around to see where his love is. He has to embark forward. He has to move forward. He has to keep going forward. And at no moment can he ever turn around until the journey is completed to see where the love of his life is. So I think that's as much of the resolution of Hades Down that I have to tell you to, to make my point. And... But if you if you see it, please see it. What, what a wonderful show. Great music and a great story. Especially when you get to the true resolution of the plot. And unfortunately for me to make my point today, you're going to hear it. So you will get another major spoiler point in a moment. I, I thought a lot about this concept of, of moving ahead and being a leader and not looking back to see where your love is. And I, I thought about it in two different ways. Let's look at it for the concept of how it is presented in Hadestown. I think about times. I, I'm a United Methodist minister, and the United Methodist Church, we have this practice called a tenoracy. And through a tenoracy, a we are called to... Go from church to church, take leadership in different places, and present the gospel in a new way for a place that has a longer history. And to do that, and it's sort of an unwritten rule that many pastors do follow, some pastors don't. You know, when you're, when you're in the realms of ministry, you develop relationships, and not every relationship is easy to just leave behind. So as we're on this journey of, of servanthood, uh, sometimes we have to look back so that we can have those emotional connections that we've built up. It's, it's hard to be in a ministry, a place of leadership that you 
are called to be a relationship builder. We, we try to make communities in our churches. We are teaching and guiding people to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's, it's hard to not build personal relationships in that way. And one of the things that we do, much like the challenge of the villain of the story, is we're we're charged to move ahead to the next location without looking back, to move forward, to go to that next place, to be a new servant, and not to look back because the place where we once were would have a new caregiver, a new shepherd, and it's good to give them their place to build their identity, and that's a really important thing. So within my realm of ministry, I thought a lot about being that leader, the leader that has to walk ahead and walk away without ever looking back knowing that community is still safe and loved and doing everything, but never looking back. So I kind of saw a bit of my own life and ministry in this trial our hero had to go through. Now here's the other end. My brain actually flipped it around. I thought about my role as a dad a little bit in this, this concept of people walking ahead and walking away. And I thought very hard that if I ever personally was given this challenge and specifically given this challenge in the relationship that I have with my children, I think that I would agree to it, but I would add my own caveat. I would have my children walking in front of me instead of me walking in front of them. I would have my children be the ones that I could see moving away without looking back at me. I thought about that a lot because that, that's sort of the challenge of parenthood. We have these loving, caring relationships, and if we're doing it right, if we're doing these loving, caring relationships right, we're actually preparing our kids to not need us. We're preparing our kids to walk away. We're preparing our kids to get to a place in their life that they need to be the ones that embark to this new place and not look back at the parents, but they have to go out and become their own people and have their own identities. That, that hit my heart hard thinking about that as as I watch this play. Now, we, we, we all exist in, in these places. We all have grown and moved on to the next place. Now, there's story after story of people who have been friends since kindergarten, and they go off on cruises in the twilight years of their lives. So there are long-lasting relationships. But I think we also have relationships that are important in the moment. You know, I am the more common story. I grew up through school. I had the same best friend from fifth grade through 12th grade. Same best friend, great, great buddy. 
I came back a few times my freshman year of college to hang out with them. We we worked in the same job the summer after my freshman year of college. And I had that strong relationship. And that strong relationship helped me make it through junior high school, high school, my first summer of college. And it was important. But since <laughs> since my going back to my sophomore year of school, I don't think that I've really spent any time with that friend from that moment. That crucial, viable relationship has been the thing that I have grown away from. And that's the more common story in our lives. I've had other relationships through the years. People that I was really good friends with and former places of employment that I have moved away and and have walked away from, that I've grown away from. And it doesn't limit the importance, but also not looking back has gotten me to the place that I need to be in this moment of adulthood. Because sometimes looking back holds us in place. Now, here comes the the second spoiler, because I am recently dealing with this too. We do have the relationships that we do look back to. It's the ones that we have grown past, and they are so deep-rooted in our fundamental and our foundational DNA that we look back to it even though that we have grown to this new place. And we realize when we look back to it, there are relationships that we'll never really get to have again. All right, here's the second spoiler, major spoiler. He he makes it, our hero makes it to his main des- destination, but he turns back too soon. The love of his life doesn't make it to the destination. And because that love of his life didn't make it to the final journey, they don't get to remain together. His final destination was one that was different than hers. And his final destination was one that he got to before she made it to hers. I thought a lot about that conclusion because recently this year, my dad passed away. Recently this year, one of the elements of that foundational growth in my life, that ha- the DNA of who I am, the person that I constantly look back to, my parents, one of those images is no longer here. There's things that we look back to in the reality of our being, in the reality of who we are, and we don't see them anymore. And that, that has struck me very, very deeply in recent days because of my dad passing away. It's a hard story. But then I think about what I shared with you a minute ago, that if I ever had that moment, 
of this challenge being presented to me, especially if it's the challenge of me having to go on this journey with my children. And believe me, gang, parenting is us going through this journey with our children. I would return the caveat with, okay, I'll go on your journey, but my children have to be in front of me and they can't look back. I know, because he took a time to tell me. I know my, my dad had those same feelings. To watch the child walk ahead and walk away and become themselves. I had this beautiful conversation with my dad almost exactly a week before he passed away that he shared with me how happy he was with the things I was doing, with the ministry that I share, and I heard that story that I share with you today. The blessings of a parent to watch our children walk away. I'm starting to see that. You all have been a part of this journey with DWO podcasting for many years. If you watched the original Wrestler of Faith videos, I had this small newborn child in my lap who is now almost 14 years old and the host of the MCD, uh, the Single Age Show. Still working on that. And I love Hunter Davis the host of the single age show. And then we also remember the very young and sweet hardcore princess, AGD, Big Rick. And Big Rick's at that moment that I have to make the deal with the villain of saying, okay, I'll follow your caveat, but I have to add one more. I want to be behind her, and I need to be the one that watches her walk away. It's a hard journey being a caregiver. But if we're doing our responsibilities as a caregiver properly, the biggest blessing that we can create is not being important. The biggest blessing that we can create is making it so that we become transparent. And the biggest blessing that we can create is watching the ones that we are walking behind become the heroes of their own story and walk away. So here's a little, here's a little caveat. Now here comes the real ending of the play. I told you I would share this. Spoiler number three. The last song of Town was very beautiful to me because they talk about the hero that goes through a story and it doesn't end well, but the hero is willing to go through that story again. Every time that we reach transition points in our lives the story starts over yeah we miss we lose we grow past our best friend from junior high school through high school 
but then we make a new one. Yes, we lose our mentors at times because we have grown to a place that we lose the connection with that mentor or we become the mentor and that becomes the focus. So we grow past those things. And we move to the moments that the ones that we have looked back for are not there anymore. But then we become their image in the story. There will come a time that Big Rick, Single H, one of them, both of them, will find their partners in life and they'll either have kids or adopt kids or... Maybe I just become the father-in-law that cares for a new soul in, in my life. But I become the image of the ones that I'm looking back for. And I become, begin to live their part of the song. And we see the song in a new way. But it's a willingness to celebrate and live through that song again that keeps love, love real. So today I'm asking you to embrace the changes, to go with the changes. If you stopped this podcast to watch Hadestown before listening to it, thank you. I hope that you enjoyed the play. If you listened to it without seeing it, I still challenge you to go see it. It's wonderful, wonderful play. All right, dear friends, that is Comics in Christ for this week. My name is Michael Davis. Everyone have a great week.